Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And a welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Talking world of money. And, uh, you know, it's not only just how we invest, it's how we make money. That's kind of an important thing. And um, I say that because, oh, quite a while ago, Ann Swaski brought uh, a lady by the office and we got into a conversation and it was really, really fun. Jesse Lee Perez, we got, and she's in here with us today. So I'm glad to have you here. This is going to be fun. Thanks so much, Paul. Super excited to be here. So this is fun because you intrigued me with what you do working in the nonprofit world. You have this, and you wanted to use the video studio here to do some things, do some work. And it was this whole concept of we speak color. And I was like, what on earth is that? Nonprofit that, and then, and you know, your background is fascinating. How many different countries, like 16 different countries or something like that, that you've worked in? Yeah, 16, and it'll be, uh, I guess, going on 18 by the end of the year. So, what do you do in all these different countries? It's a little bit of variety. Uh, some places I've served, some places I've learned. Um, I'm a lifelong learner, and so I believe that that's part of continuing. Uh, to serve others. Uh-huh. So uh, some of the places uh, I went, I was working with international shipping companies, training people how to use software. Uh, other places I was um, w- learning human rights uh, in areas like Czech, Czech Republic, where that was a, a huge area that... Where there are no human rights. <laughs> 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 or they're pretty much ignored. And then... That's uh, a big yeah, deal right now. It is. It really is. You know, you know just simply just because, man... I mean, you've had some people that have said, well, I'm not going to buy stuff from this country because people's human rights are being ignored is, is one of the things. But also just in general, one of the things going on right now is to try to diversify away from China, you know, has been a big right. deal Yep. right now. People talking about that and going, OK, so we've got to go to other countries. What other countries can we go to where they're actually upholding human rights? But but in, in here, you've got that. And then you worked with NASA. Yeah, I spent about four years at NASA Langley. I was with their their data and climate change area, so we got to understand this. What does global warming actually look like on a graph? And it's a lot less of global warming than it is of global shift of the wavelengths of our climate. The wavelengths. The wavelengths. So because I know that we used to think that we were going to have global cooling in the 1970s, and there was an ice age coming, and then all of a sudden it's global warming, and it's like, which what what's up? And you know, then people say that sunspots are creating things, and and I, I don't know what to believe in any of that stuff. Yeah, well, you know, you imagine like wavelengths in music, right? And yeah. so the the longer it is, right, right. It, it it's can, shorter, it, right? But the but longer the wavelength, it can go through distance, like you know, with radio telescopes being able to study stars because you can look through things, right? Right. And, and then if it's tall, those are wavelengths are going to be shorter to shorter together, right? Right. And so if you imagine the wavelength of what it was before, it was a longer wavelength and the, and the each cap was, was shorter from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And so it would deliver snow and ice and cold up north and then mm-hmm. down south, we'd get our nice warm weather. Well, what's happened is those wavelengths have actually compressed mm-hmm. and they're going taller. So when that happens, that actually shifts where the wavelengths hit. So last 
Alaska is now being missed with the snow because it's going just past as it dips up and delivering snow and then coming deeper into south, which is why we now have snow in Arizona. That's bizarre. It is. Yeah, because it is snow. When my, my wife visited Arizona <laughs> in January, and it snowed. That was the first thing that happened. So I think you know, the really interesting thing that you do that I want to hear a lot about is you work with people that are looking at you know, they're, they're underprivileged, can we say, or people that are underutilized maybe is a better word. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, it, it's a little bit of the access is really what it breaks down to. There are a lot of really intelligent and even talented people and they have lack the access to get into those really good career paths. And uh-huh. so I wanted to break that door down and really say, not only are we going to offer you a door, we're going to train you, and then we're going to continue to introduce you to ways to actually take that training and get employed as a career path that will be a viable career path and sustainable income. Okay, so these people, and and I, it seemed to me that it was – it, it was at first when I thought you were doing this, you were working with women that may have uh, maybe come from underprivileged backgrounds. They were challenged as far as, you know, they couldn't they couldn't actually uh, support themselves. Right. And you were trying to help them do that. But, you know, I'm looking at going, well, you've got this business analyst mm-hmm. is one of the things that you do a lot of training in business analysts. It is. Yes. How do you find people that want to do that? Or is it just. Can you get people that coming from all backgrounds and different levels of interest that end up doing well in those types of things? You really can. Um, you know, business analysis is an interesting place that you don't hear about. You may hear the word, but you don't really understand what it means. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are just completely what um, does it mean? unaware that it exists. Yeah, what does it mean? Um, so a good way to explain that is it usually involves technology. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't have to be a technology expert, but you have to be able to ask questions in a certain way and listen to be able to document answers. Now, what that really happens if you put it in a perspective of business is you've got uh, somebody who's a business owner. They don't actually have to own the business, but uh-huh. somebody who has a, a stake in what the business does. Okay. And then you have the technology that could potentially be a solution. And it's not always a technology solution, but a lot of times it's involved. Technology people usually can't speak business, and business people usually can't speak technology. Mm-hmm. So the business analyst is taught to actually bridge that gap to elicit the true need of a business. Mm -hmm. I like to uh, subtly joke that business people, they know they have a need, they know what they do, they think they know what their need is. Now what happens is you go in and you help them understand what their true need is because it's great to have technology, but if Mm -hmm. the technology doesn't solve the need, then you just spend a lot of money for no reason. Right, 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 right. And there are a lot of people that waste money. I, I think of the small companies, you know, the small cap studies that show that people... They think they really know what they need to do, and they blow money. Yeah, and small and small growth companies actually underperform large companies, which makes no sense whatsoever until you find out that the reason they do it is because they blow money mm. on the wrong things. So that's fascinating. So people that go into that type of work are people that you might find doing maybe working at a convenience store or something like that, or doing something really low income. And then what kind of income do they make when they come out of it? Yeah, the starting salary is around sixty five thousand a year. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And here's the thing is that it's not so much based on it. They don't it's not you do not require a college education. Uh Of course, coming into careers, it definitely helps because people look at that. But Uh it's not required. I know lots of business analysts who are really good at what they do and making well over sixty five thousand. They don't have a college degree. Some of them are pursuing it 
in the midst of their career because they think, oh, I'm already in my career. May as well try to get a degree. But the neat thing is if you are a problem solver, if you like solving problems, if you like figuring things out, you're probably already thinking in the mindset that can be easily trained to be a business analyst. So what is it? How do you find these people that do this? And who are you helping? So it's a very kind of broad swath um, Mm -hmm. because we're going to be connecting with uh, veteran services soon. Uh, So people coming out of the military, maybe they worked in artillery. There's not really a complimentary thing once they come out in the civilian world. Right. They don't know how to work in the civilian world. Right. Like I I had a a good friend of mine. That's what he loved doing. He was a business. He worked with people on careers and that was his passion as military because so often they find that they cannot get into the work world. Yeah. They can't relate. That's really cool. So that's an area um, where taking people maybe who have worked a lot of different jobs. Uh Uh-huh but haven't really had a path that they could follow uh-huh. and say, hey, do you want to stop maybe working all these jobs and hoping that your next job will be just a little bit better than your next and actually step into a career path that you can follow for the rest of your life and continue to grow and mature in? That's another area. So there's a big demand for this. There really is. And, and actually, there's a huge demand within businesses to employ these people. Now, here's the thing. Within the business. So you would actually work for the company. That, that answers company. one of my questions. Because yes. one of my questions was, okay, you get me into this business. Now I got to market myself. Forget it. I, I, that's not my. That's not my thing. Marketing myself. Yeah. No. It's so you work for a company usually as a contractor or a full time employee. Okay. Um, and there is such a high need that they've opened the roles and they've actually hired people who have no training because there's not enough trained business analysts to go around. So uh, what kind of a company hires a business analyst? I mean, how, how big of a company are you talking about? It could be small, medium, or large. Uh, um, almost every large business has a lot of business analysts. Um, and then medium-sized businesses, a lot of times will employ business analysts, sometimes many, sometimes few, depending on if whether or not they're connected with technology. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there are also a lot of good use cases for small businesses. Now, here's the neat thing about small businesses and what we're doing. Okay. Um, a lot of small businesses can benefit from from business analysts, but maybe not full-time. I was just that they can't handle the full-time cost yeah. of one. Sure. And there's not maybe a full-time reason. Maybe they need a, a couple projects from business analysts, but maybe they don't have a full-time need for them to continue. So we are partnering our graduates with small businesses that have smaller short-term needs. Mm-hmm. So they get the graduate gets resume experience and the business gets the outcome that comes from business analysts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So... What do they analyze? I'm trying to figure out what a business analyst does. What are they analyzing? What are they looking at? Are they looking at your marketing? Are they looking at how you actually produce things, getting rid of inefficiencies? And you may just say yes. And A little uh, bit of yes. um, But but let's think of it more as... They're going to help you discover the needs and then the path to solve the need. So what they're going to help you do is they're going to take an an understanding of where you are currently Mm -hmm. and help you see what your true needs are. A lot of times when you visually take something that you've been thinking about contextually and conceptually for a while Mm -hmm. and you put it on black and white in front of you, you're going to see things that you didn't see before. A lot of times a business will say, oh, this is my problem. It's here. I need somebody to solve that. Well, well, give me an example of what might be a problem. So they may say, um, you know, uh, somebody who rents uh, cars, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, you know, I have a problem because uh, the person who's taking in the the request isn't working fast enough. I need her to be more efficient. Can you make her more efficient? Okay. 
Well, the business analyst goes in and says, okay, thank you for that information. Now, let me ask you, what do you do? And they're going to start at the beginning. Okay, well, how does a request come in? Mm-hmm. Um, who, how does that get to her? How does she process it? What happens afterwards? <clears throat> and they may lay this, they're going to lay this all out in an actual model that's a black and white uh, picture, basically, okay. that takes you through this process. And what you may find is it has nothing to do with the girl not doing her, her work efficiently. It may be that the intake process is inefficient or that once it gets through there that there's miscommunications or drops or gaps that aren't even being handled and that could be handled either through technology or more automated mm-hmm. that could completely resolve that and she could still be doing the same job. Okay, so... In this particular instance, it's as teaching people to ask the right questions. Teaching people to ask the right questions, have active listening, because when you're listening, you're not just listening for what the words are, you're listening for the intent behind them, uh, and yeah. the meaning is really, really important. Our, actually, for our program, our entire second module is how to listen. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's huge. I mean, even in just in general relationships. Absolutely. You know, it's just when you're talking to somebody, go, so, so here's what I hear you saying, and yes. making sure it's to that person's satisfaction that you've repeated what they've said in, in essence in, in different words, but, you know, sort of in their own words. But yeah, so often that it, that's in general relationships. How long does it take to get somebody up to the speed where they can do this? Uh, our program is nine weeks. Uh-huh. Now that doesn't make them an expert. What that does is it gives them all of the key skills they need to start practicing these things. Now this program includes everything you'd need to be. A so base. nine weeks, nine weeks, self-study. That's it. And then, yeah, because here's the thing is to become, when you first start as a business analyst, it doesn't matter if you came out of college or if you're coming straight out of the shopping, you know, uh, local shopping store and and this is your first time walking in as a business analyst. Uh Um, You're not going to feel like you're good enough for like three years. And that's okay. Right. Because we call that imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's, what am I doing here? Who am I? What am I doing here? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It is a, it's a, it's a skill that you have to mature. But what I try to help them infuse into them is that you coming out of this program have way more knowledge to be, do your job as a business analyst than the person you're helping because they have none. Right, right, right. So you're right, starting right. already above that, right? Yeah, and that's so true. So often people, they become intimidated, but they don't recognize that there are people that know nothing right. out there, and you're talking to them, and you know more than they do, at least. Absolutely. So they don't have to market themselves. How, how do they get into the work, uh, you know, as far as getting the work for themselves? You said they could go to work for a company. Yes. And that's really the best way. Um, there are a lot of uh, companies that hire and they, and they basically uh, provide a pool of hirees. To but, they're, but they're not advertising for a business analyst, I'm oh, sure. they are. Are they oh, really? Oh my goodness. If you went out and just hit Google today. Seriously? And you said business analyst jobs, you'd be flooded with like 2,000 openings. No kidding. Yes. And some of them are real business analysts and some of them are just name business analysts because unfortunately there's not enough, as I said, trained ones out there right. to make sure that every company really knows what a business analyst does. So some may be a mix between data analysts or product analysts, which are different things. Okay. And so um, it doesn't mean that they can't get one of those jobs. Here's the thing. If you've never been a business analyst, go ahead and apply and if you get the job, your foot's in the door. <laughs> then you continue to grow and use your skills, and they'll be amazed because they'll be like, oh, my gosh, nobody's used these skills before. We didn't have this. So so when you're going through this training, so you said there are different steps that you go. What are the training steps in becoming a business? What, what is it that you typically do? Yeah. Because this is fascinating. This is, it's fascinating to me because one of my passions is just trying to help people 
in in general that feel that they can't get ahead in life? I mean, because I work with nonprofits all the time yeah. and, you know, schools and, and nonprofits and, and, you know, just places that are trying to help people get out of the streets and, and get out of bad relationships where they're being abused and, yeah. and things like that. Because, you know, in, in the, psych- the psychology program that I went through, mm-hmm. that was one of the big things is that there were a lot of women that were in households that were being abused in ways that just I, blew my mind. Yeah. And I thought, how sad. And the reason that they stayed where they were is they felt they had no other choice. It's true. And, and they felt trapped mm-hmm. in where they were. And I thought, gosh, if there's some way we could help these people. And a big piece of that is financial. You know, if they have no, yes. no financial way to leave, they can't, get a, they can't get a place to rent. They can't purchase their own vehicle. If they, if they, right. you know, they have to, and if they have to leave everything behind, how do you step out with no money? And that's a big deal. Yeah, well, and, you know, and to me, I think the big deal here for me is, you know, on this show, sometimes I like to do things where I just look at how can we make the world a better place? Yeah. How can we leave it better than we found it? And, and this, this is interesting to me. I've got a lot of questions regarding how you do this and, you know, how people get into this type of work and, and how do you find, you had something you talked about, which blew my mind. You were talking about the Myers-Briggs. Yes. And, you know, Myers-Briggs, typically when you're trying to figure out what career you want to do, you go in and say, okay, how am I classified between these four different things? And I can be this or that. I can be, uh, you know, and then you had a, you had a different way of looking at it based on color which I think is fascinating and saying, what if you could be doing something that was always within your skill set, but also your level of interest? Hey, folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. Uh, it talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. I talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future. Types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts. Talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. You want to find out more about that? You go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And I hope you enjoy. Talking to Jesse Lee Perez, and she is with an organization that has, they've recorded some things over here in my my video studio. And uh, Anne... One of my uh, one of the advisors that works with me, she actually brought Jesse in here one day, and we got in a conversation. It was just fascinating to me what she does. She has this company called We Speak Color. It's a business academy, and just um, just an idea of what it costs to go through like an academy like this, and what are ways that people can get involved in such a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it was really important to us to we price it to where people could access it. Mm-hmm. And so we actually price it just below the average cost for one college course. And so okay. it's priced at seventeen ninety five. That's oh, yeah, that's really reasonable. Okay. That's for all six modules. Okay. So seventeen ninety five and there's six modules that people go through. That's right. And it's self study, is that kind of how it's done? And you have like tests at the end of it or how does that work? Yeah, it is self study and it's multimedia too, um, because mm-hmm. it's important that people learn different ways and 
we want to make sure that they not, they're not only learning by watching and listening, but they're also interacting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, wow. yeah, so we've got cool. uh, uh, assessments throughout, but they also have assignments that they're doing from the materials within it. We even have a, a mock elicitation session. Uh-huh. So elicitation is basically them asking questions to dive deeper into getting the answers. All right. And then you had, you said there was another way that they can just kind of kick the tires a little bit. Yeah. There's a book that you had done. That's right. If you're maybe not ready to fully say, I want into the program, but you want to say, is this maybe something right for me? You might want to do. Yeah. I have a book called The Ways of a Business Analyst. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's available online. And so that's a great way to just kind of read through what a business analyst is about. It's actually, I try to write it more interesting. It's not like a textbook. It's more uh, Mm -hmm. engaging. And you can find out, you know, what it means to do things like a business analyst. How do you think like a business analyst? It actually walks people through maybe that already are business analysts, but never got training. How does a business analyst think? So it's really, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's like a mindset shift uh-huh. um, because you're going to go in and not approach things from a solution direction. Uh, one of the things that- business- So you don't walk in going, I've got the answer That's for right. you. Exactly. You're just asking questions and a lot of times- that's interesting because from a counseling perspective, a lot of times that's what you do in counseling is you're asking questions to help people think through what they're up against. And many times they have some of the answers inside of themselves. It's true. They just don't realize it. Yeah. And it's really neat when you'll ask a question that maybe seems uh, natural once you've been trained as a business analyst and mm-hmm. the person on the receiving side's like, wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, we do need to include that. And it's really satisfying to feel yeah. like, well, I, I offered that value right. because now they're going to make sure that that piece is met. Yeah. And that's, you may think, well, that's not valuable. And yeah, it is valuable because you don't have to have the answers. Quite often, what I find is if you come in and you go, this is the answer to your problem. Well, you came up with the answer. And the reality is the other person doesn't have ownership of it and they're not going to do it. Yeah, that's a huge piece of it. And another piece is without actually doing the discovery, you don't even know if that answer is going to really meet the need. Yeah. And by the way, those of you guys out there that when your wife comes to you and says, honey, I got a problem. She doesn't want a solution. <laughs> she, she just wants you to hear so she can kind of think through it. No, that, I mean, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's pretty cool. That's because that, I, I don't think it's just guys. I think, it, I think everybody tends to do that. We try to, we want to solve the person's problem because that's how we think we show value to that person. And the reality of it is it, it isn't necessarily. Like um, there was, a, if you look at some of the, the great psychologists of the past, that's why they would mirror what people said is because it makes them think about what they're saying yeah. and, and think through the solution to some extent. So that now I can kind of see why it is that somebody could actually make a decent income like that without having all the answers. That makes some sense to me because I'm thinking when you walked in here, I'm going to have to know everything about a business and I'm going to have to know how they work and I'm going to have to know all these techniques and strategies and the reality is that's a daunting task. Yeah. You can't do it. Right. But in the reality, you can go in there and ask good questions of a person that does know some stuff because they've been running the business. Exactly. And then be of value because nobody's doing that in their life. Yeah. You know, there's this yeah. one guy I know, he, he says, you know, as a business analyst, I get paid to be the dumbest person in the room <laughs> Oh, I <laughs> because love that. they walk in and it doesn't matter what industry they're in, they apply the same techniques. Yeah, yeah. So they walk in with no knowledge about this person's business 
and they employ all these business analysis skills to help the person who does know their business get the answers to their solution, right. solutions to their needs. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Okay, so I said I was going to talk about cognitive colors. We're at a break time right now, so we're going to take another <laughs> break because I think it's going to be a longer conversation anyway because that, to me, is really interesting. Now, I'm going to set it up because here's why I think this particular thing is important. I was, um, I was at a conference recently. And the lady was talking about, matter of fact, Nick and I were talking about this just before you came in. And the whole concept, she had this XY axis thing that I think was really good. And on the X axis, you know, that's the one that goes, you know, horizontal, you know, on a graph, right? So that is, those are your skills. You know, those are the things that you have the ability to do. And on the Y axis, the one that goes up and down, that's the challenges you face. Okay. Now going diagonally 45 degrees between the two of them, just imagine that there's like this path, there's a road and that is what she called flow. Now this is really, really important. So kind of stay with me on this. When you're in flow, everything's good. You're kind of, things are going good. You feel like you're, you're in your element. So on, so to speak, if you are, let's say above that graph, where the, 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 the things that you have up against you, your challenges that you face exceed your skills, that's where you have anxiety. Mm. If you are up there in that quadrant up to the top where I just got, it's just I'm overwhelmed, I'm in anxiety. If I'm down in that bottom part where my skills exceed the challenges I'm up against, I'm in boredom. Yeah. Now, what happens in today's society is we've got a lot of really either anxious or bored kids, okay? (laughs) So this is really important for helping your children. I'm telling you, this is why, this is really why I have her in here, because this is, to me, it's a passion. I'm really, really interested in helping people in in this area. Now, what I find is this, is that... When people are anxious, which is they have a fear of the future, and then not only that, but they have a fear of it, but they also have this fear that I am not up to the task of the challenges that face me in the future. That's anxiety. And when it becomes hopeless, that becomes depression. And then what I do is I go beyond that and you go, well, what's beyond that? That is apathy. Mm. I just say, forget it. I give up for just, and I just pack it in and I'm going to go play video games in the cellar. And that is really, so what I want to do is I want to get into this whole thing about our type, because the reason the kids aren't out there doing what we want them to do is because they're either bored or they're anxious or they're getting to hopelessness and apathy. And I think that partially what Jesse and I were talking about just before the show started. I think that's, that is part of the answer, is helping people get to that. So there's my tease. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.
Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.